This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on this beautiful Sunday morning. Cool day, but a beautiful morning it is. And we have uh, two guests today, uh, Lou Franceschetti, former Toronto Maple Leaf, and Mark Kennedy, blogger, sometimes co-host here for Toronto FC. Guys, how are you doing today? Morning, Naz. Morning, Lou. Good morning, Naz. Great to be here. Um, since we last were on the air with you, Lou, the Leafs haven't still won a game. <laughs> What's going on with that? I really couldn't tell you. I think they're going uh, through a little bit of a, a problem right now, just getting adjusted to a Peter Horacek's system. Uh, they're taking care of their own end. They're not getting that many shots against them. But obviously, uh, when you're tightening the script, uh, the stick a little bit too much, and they're in their end, they're not scoring too much. So uh, they're giving up something for another, but it's, it's been frustrating for even uh, for all Leaf fans. Mark, uh, the Toronto FC have made some news with uh, one guy going uh, to Sunderland, that's Defoe. I, I wish Wally was here because Wally was <laughs> telling me that last summer that Jermaine Defoe was, was, was heading out of town, and I kept on denying it. Yeah, he was right. And Wally's <laughs> in Vermont skiing, but he'll be with us uh, a little later on in the program. Have I mentioned how much I hate it when Wally's right? <laughs> yeah, you have, you have. <laughs> That's the family feud here yes, with uh, yes. you and Wally. We're going to talk about, uh, we're going to tackle uh, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment in our program today, and we're going to discuss their teams, and that'll come on later on. Uh, we're going to interview Maurizio Bevilacqua, who's the mayor of Vaughan. The Vaughan, uh, the city of Vaughan has um, a USL2 team coming to Vaughan and, uh, and in a 3,500-seat stadium. And that should be very interesting, Mark. I do have a question before we, we get the mayor on. Do we call him Your Honor, uh, Your Royal Highness, uh, Mayor? Uh, I think what, we what call him Mayor. Call him Mayor, okay. Mayor who? Mayor. Bevilacqua. Oh, Bevilacqua. Drink water? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know enough. Louis just gave the Italian <laughs> tran- translation of that. That's good. So you can, you can uh, Mr. Drinkwater. Mr. Drinkwater. <laughs> We're going to go go to commercial break, and then we'll be back with the Mayor of Vaughan, Maurizio Bevilacqua. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville during our All About the Taste event. If you agree that Pizzaville's delicious margarita pizza is the best tasting margarita pizza you've ever had, go to pizzaville.ca and enter to win a trip to Italy's Amalfi Coast. If you don't think it's the best tasting margarita pizza, you can still enter to win a different trip. You can go to hell, Michigan. For details, go to pizzaville.ca. There's an old saying, 
Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome back to the Naz and Wally Show. We do have on the line both Wally Rigabon. Our co- my co-host normally, he's down in Vermont, and the mayor of Vaughan, Maurizio Bevilacqua. Hello, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning, good morning mayor. Uh, good morning to all. Uh, first of all, a, a, a good morning to your worship, the mayor of uh, the mayor of Vaughan. I just wanted to give my boys in the studio a little civics lesson. <laughs> it's, being referred to. it's not your majesty or whatever, it's your worship. Otherwise known as Mayor Bevilacqua. Mayor Bevilacqua, thank you so much for coming on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We really appreciate it. And uh, thank this you for is having big, me. Uh, Wonderful. It's a big week for the city of Vaughan. Mayor, uh, please uh, please tell us how it came about that uh, the city of Vaughan now has a professional soccer franchise and it's in close uh, coordination with uh, the Ontario Soccer Association and TFC. Please tell us how uh, how that came about, Mayor. Yeah, it's a great news for the city of Vaughan. Uh, we are bringing professional sports here with the uh, pro team TFC2. Uh, we're back to a great organization, Toronto, uh, Toronto FC, uh, as well as the Ontario Soccer Association. As you know, uh, Wally and Naz, these things, you have to plant the seeds uh, early on. Uh, conversations have been taking place uh, for quite a few years. Uh, I'm always promoting the city, promoting location, promoting the community, promoting its soccer culture. You know, for me personally, this is a great intersection between my love of public service and, and my love of sport, particularly and specifically uh, soccer. 
So this, uh, this has been a, a great journey, and uh, we found partners in the Ontario Soccer Association and uh, Toronto FC. We, we announced it this past week uh, at City Hall. There's a real buzz and excitement to having professional uh, sports uh, here uh, in the city. As you know, uh, thousands upon thousands of uh, young people play uh, the sport here uh, in the city of Vaughan. There's a very strong uh, soccer culture. And one of the major motivators for me, above and beyond having a professional sports team, is to provide opportunities for young people to dream that one day they can, in fact, play uh, in the major league soccer and even in, in Europe, if case may be. But here, right here in the city of Vaughan, I wanted to provide young people hope and, and inspiration. And I think a professional uh, sports team with a, a, a professional franchise uh, like Toronto FC can provide that much needed hope for a young person who's looking to, uh, to show his, is uh, talent uh, to, uh, to, the, to the community. And it's going to be great. We're going to have some. Uh, local players as well, I'm sure, uh, on this team. And o- overall, for the city of Vaughan, it's, uh, it's just a, a, a great, great moment uh, in, in our history as a city, a city coming, uh, coming of age. Mayor, uh, what, uh, how, com- how competitive is the USL? Uh, very competitive. As a matter of fact, there's been a signal given by uh, uh, the MLS for teams that are presently in the MLS to, to have uh, a team in the USL. And uh, so you will get basically players that will play one day in the U.S. Uh, in the MLS, uh, playing uh, in the in the USL. For those of you who follow hockey, it would be very similar to having an AHL franchise, uh, and players, as you know, go back and forth uh, from uh, from the AHL to the NHL. But uh, for us, as um, and I think Toronto FC is very wise in in developing this uh, program uh, of player development. Uh, because you need to uh, provide opportunities to create uh, your own um, your own players and and development uh, plans that uh, will pr- provide the senior team with uh, uh, with the players uh, required and and so it's uh, all in all a very wise uh, move. I mean this has been done in Europe as you know with major clubs like Juventus, Barcelona, Real Madrid, and I think Toronto FC understands that. Uh, uh, player development is extremely important, and and to be part of this is is uh, phenomenal for for our city. It's just a perfect fit uh, for for many many reasons. Mayor, Mayor Bevilacqua, we're talking to Mayor of City of Vaughan, uh, talking about the announcement of the TFC uh, USF USL team this week. And uh, I've been a long time uh, have my business City of Vaughan, and I'm thrilled about it as well. Tell us a little bit, Mayor uh, Mayor Bevilacqua, about the facility uh, at Martin Grove and Seven some of the uh, how that's going to be prepared for this and how that's going to be a great place to watch soccer. Well, we're going to celebrate July 1st, uh, Canada Day. Uh, that will be the first uh, game at the new stadium. Uh, for now, the stadium will seat 2,000 people. It will be at the Ontario Soccer Centre on Martin Grove Road, south of Highway 7. But uh, while in, uh, what's going to happen is we're going to have 2,000 in the first year, and by the third year, we will have 5,000 seats uh, at this uh, new stadium, uh, and uh, it will provide. Uh, it, it will be obviously meet all the requirements of uh, the USL Pro League. Uh, it's going to be a very nice stadium. It's going to, I think, also become an anchor for for our community, and it will become also a multi-purpose stadium where other things will occur uh, beyond the, the Toronto FC uh, two games. 
Uh, this, as you know, is also a stadium that um, other clubs, uh, local clubs, could uh, could also access. And it also opens up the city of Vaughan uh, to uh, having uh, visitors from all over North America, which will give the city uh, great exposure uh, as well. So you'll have uh, teams from Los Angeles uh, Galaxy 2 and and I'll have to, I guess, see the schedule, uh, but there'll be other cities coming in. And, you know, it's part and parcel of, of uh, the development of our city, and it's part and parcel of uh, developing uh, sports here in the city as well. Mayor Bevilacqua, I, I agree this is great news, but I, I guess I've got a question or two. We're, we're broadcasting from Liberty Village, which is in the shadows of BMO Field. And as a longtime Toronto FC fan, I know that people walk to the games, people take streetcars, they take go trains. Uh, the internet scuttlebutt I have from fans in places like Scarborough and Mississauga is, how on earth am I going to get myself to Vaughn? That's because oh, you don't getting... live in Vaughn, Mark. What's well, that? It... <laughs> Sorry. As a matter Sorry, of fact, Mary. I mean, it's, it's uh, uh, from a transportation point of view, uh, the city of Vaughan is the only city beyond the city of um, of uh, Toronto uh, that is going to get uh, is going to have a subway, and the subway is going to go to Highway Seven, and that's not very far from the field. Plus, access from the 407 uh, and 400. As you know, one of the reasons why we are one of the leading. Uh, uh, cities in reference to economic uh, growth is because we have access to uh, major arteries and roads like the 407, the 400, the, uh, the, the 427. Uh, transportation is, is not going to be um, an issue. As a matter of fact, I, I, one of the reasons why I think we were chosen was because uh, we were a central location. And you have to remember that this team is not being built just for the city of Vaughan. Uh, Toronto FC would like to attract uh, other uh, people from coming from uh, all over, and as you know, people from uh, Woodbridge and, and Maple and other areas, we 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 drive to uh, to uh, to BMO Field, or, and or we may take uh, the subway. Well, we still have to drive somewhere to a subway station or, or or take a bus. So getting there is not going to be uh, a challenge, and it's not something as you know now as you do every day. Uh, you 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 go and uh, for an outing for to, to watch a game. Uh, uh, every so often, and I, th- I think the location is actually uh, one of our, our, our strengths. Uh, we're talking, of course, to Mayor uh, Maurizio Bevilacqua of the city of Vaughan, and I know how much this means to you, Mayor Bevilacqua, because I know that you were a fairly accomplished <clears throat> soccer player when you were younger. Uh, you certainly have a passion for the game, uh, played with a, a very prominent local organization in the National Soccer League, the Toronto Jets, and... Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about your passion for the for the for the sport of soccer. Well, my passion is I can date it back to you know my my days uh, my when I was young in Italy. I played soccer every single day uh, with my brother Emidio, who you played with uh, during your Yorkie days uh, when I was a ball boy for you guys. Um, <laughs> and uh, and a great team, great community. But uh, my love for the sport is that, you know, I learned a lot about life on the soccer field. Uh, I learned about, uh, you know, acquiring skills, refining them, but also playing on a team. And, and that served me well here in the, in the city, for example, with the uh, city council. It served me well during my years in Ottawa. But we can't really do anything... Um, alone we need a team and and you know successful soccer teams are those where there's a lot of great chemistry between uh, uh, players and the coach and 
and that's what I hope for Toronto FC as well. But my days, I you know, as you know, I captained nine out of eleven teams I played for. I was a sweeper. I played with Toronto Jets, were National uh, Soccer League uh, champions. Uh, had a few games also with the Ontario All Stars, and you know, I played with the likes of uh, Branko Sagoda, who uh, went on to to really. Uh, Excel in the the back back then there was the North American Soccer League and he also played had a great career in indoor soccer which uh, was uh, very popular uh, during uh, uh, that time. But uh, Wally, now as you remember my days at Emory Collegiate, I played uh, there. Uh, I do. Uh, I, played, I, I played on that team uh, as well. Uh, and uh, those are basically what's really what's really interesting about this show is that you have three uh, individuals who basically grew up in the same neighborhood. Uh, Emory was our school. Uh, North York was our city back in the day, and uh, it was a borough actually back in the day. It became a city, uh, and this is all part and parcel of our of our history. And today, to be able to share with you this great news, uh, I remember also the days where you. Uh, Wally and, and Naz uh, had a, uh, a show on, was it Keeble Cable? Yes, it was. Uh, it was Keeble Cable. And uh, there you were. And then today you're sharing your talents and your gifts and your um, on, on your knowledge of sports uh, and giving back uh, to the community. And ultimately, that's what it's about. Uh, this week I got lucky. Uh, and uh, the seeds that I planted many, many years ago um, have manifested themselves in the uh, and having a, a professional sports franchise here in, in the city of Vaughan. Two things that I love, my city and uh, and soccer. And then to share this with uh, two individuals who I have known for over 40 years, uh, I'll tell you, this is a very special moment uh, uh, for me because you see how uh, life really works uh, when you have passion, when you, when you come from... Uh, a neighborhood that uh, truly cares about giving back, uh, you have moments like this, and it's uh, certainly a moment I will treasure. Mayor, the US, uh, Mayor, the USL, I just want to make sure everybody realizes, and thank you for the kind words, uh, Mayor. Uh, the USL is a very, very competitive league. Uh, in the past, some of those teams have beaten MLSC teams in CONCACAF right. tournaments. And people have to realize out there that the, the competition in that league is very, very difficult, and you're going to see a great brand of soccer in Vaughan. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fantastic. And, and you probably remember that Montreal Impact, before it became an MLS franchise, was actually a USL franchise. Uh, and, uh, and, and so it tells you uh, the trajectory of, uh, of the teams in that league. And you're going to get some incredible, incredible soccer. And just think, you know, uh, for, for example, here in uh, in the city of Vaughan, a city of 315,000 people, uh, you could imagine uh, how we're going to rally behind uh, this team and the type of excitement uh, that the team uh, will generate. I mean, we have uh, top talent. We have Jason Bent, who's a very, very good coach, uh, uh, and I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about J- Jason Bent and Greg Vanny, uh, the, the head coach of Toronto FC, when they, they came to City Hall for the announcement. Uh, you know, I, I told them both that, you know, we, we have a great, uh, great uh, soccer culture here. But let me tell you something. They were fully aware of the great talent here in the city of Vaughan and the greater Toronto area. Um, Greg Vanny actually mentioned that at the press conference. He says it's incredible how much talent is in this area. And, uh, uh, how many of these uh, 
young people can, in fact, uh, make it uh, one day in, uh, in Major League Soccer. All, of, all around, it's been just a, a super week. And Mayor Bevilacqua, also, uh, I'd like, also like to thank you for your kind words and uh, bring back so many, uh, so many great memories. And I know, uh, reading the press reports this week, that you are actually the purchaser of the first four season tickets. So you're, uh, you're certainly showing your commitment to this, uh, to this new franchise. And I know we've got uh, a few minutes left with you. Uh, Want to take? Uh, just got to ask you because I know that you're a passionate soccer fan. Another big, big announcement in TFC, and I'm sure I'm going to have an opportunity to speak to Kennedy about this later on in the show. Uh, Jovinko from Juventus. Yes, Jovinko is uh, going I to be coming to Toronto, and I it's, uh, I, my thoughts are: I think he's going. I think he's going to be a game changer. Uh, he's going to really give the depth that. Uh, uh, that is required a very creative uh, player when you and when you uh, also couple that with Altidore. I think this is going to be an exciting uh, Toronto uh, FC team, and uh, I, I met also with Tim Bezobachenko during this process. And I can tell you that the that the organization, the entire organization, really wants to deliver uh, something special to the Greater Toronto Area. And, and to the MLS and uh, Jovinko, as you know, I mean, this is not a, a player who's coming uh, to the MLS in the twilight of his career. This is a player who today in Italy and in Europe is viewed as one of the best players around. He hasn't been playing much with uh, uh, Juventus, but last week I believe he scored two goals uh, against Verona, and uh, he's going to excite uh, excite uh, not just the Toronto FC team, but I think he's going to excite the league. He's by far the most important uh, announcement in the, in the, in the MLS of the, this past month. Mayor, I have to ask you a question concerning Vaughn, but not concerning soccer. I hope, hopefully you can answer, and if you can't, I understand. Um, have you ever been approached, or anybody in Vaughn ever been approached, to build a NHL-size arena in the city of Vaughn to, to have a second team in the GTA as an NHL franchise? One thing I've been told by people who ever wish to have an NHL franchise in their city is not to talk about it. Fine. <laughs> Excellent answer. That's a great answer. Fantastic answer, Mayor. <laughs> but remember, remember that the tickets, the TFC tickets are on sale already, the TFC 2. Um, they are currently selling for uh, $96. We have 2,000 seats. Well, we have 1,996, I gather, by now. I took the first four, uh, which I will share with my friends, by the way, Naz and Wally. Oh, we'll be there. One game, at least. And, uh, and I also want to you know, uh, say to Ron Smale uh, from the Ontario Soccer Association, the president, what an incredible job he did to, to help us bring this uh, uh, franchise uh, uh, to the city. And um, I'm really grateful and indebted to his uh, excellent leadership uh, and uh, doing great things for soccer in the province of Ontario and, um, and a great partner in this journey. Well, thanks very much, Mayor. Uh, we're running out of time. We have to go to commercial break. Wally, anything else before we go? No, I would just like to thank uh, Mayor Bevilacqua. Thanks so much and uh, for the kind words. Thanks so much for getting up early on a Sunday morning to chat with us, and congratulations on this significant achievement for the city of Vaughan. I'm uh, looking forward to taking you up on your generous offer of uh, attending at a game with you, Mayor. Thanks so much. Thanks, thank Mayor. You. Thanks.
We've just had Mayor Mauricio Bevilacqua of the city of Vaughan and the new Vaughan TFC2, they're called, right, Mark? TFC2? That's, that's the name. Uh, they will be playing in the, in the fir- on the 1st of July in Vaughan in the U.S. Pro Division USL League. Back in a few minutes after commercial break. It was a rainy day when our All About the Taste event continued at Pizzaville. If you agree that Pizzaville's bacon cheeseburger pizza is the best tasting bacon cheeseburger pizza you've ever had, go to pizzaville.ca and enter to win a ski trip to Alberta. If you don't think it's the best tasting bacon cheeseburger pizza, enter to win a different trip because you might feel more at home in Big Knob, Kentucky. For details, go to pizzaville.ca. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Unbelievable. Bad beyond belief, bad beyond belief. It's when they hit the ice, they realize you're cheering for some sheep. Bad beyond belief, bad beyond belief. It takes a certain dedication to be a fan of the Maple Leafs, that's for sure. That is the uh, uh, Bad Beyond Belief song that Bill Nadeau, uh, the producer, and uh, he, he, he does our song, uh, the lyrics to our song prior to the show coming on. And uh, there's a lot of these songs coming out. And we're going to talk about MLSE 
the whole organization here. And Wally's on the line still. Are you still there, Wally? I'm I'm still here. I can't wait till I get get a shot at Kennedy. I've been waiting for the last ten minutes. I'm I'm ducking anyway, and I'm weaving already. We want to talk anyway, about each. We want to talk about each of the teams, and let's start with Louis with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they seem to be the uh, most difficult uh, team to figure out in their in this whole group of uh, Leafs, Raptors, uh, Toronto FC. Uh, they're making the most money, aren't they? Isn't yeah, that the, isn't I would that the bottom say line so. for them? I would, I would say so. Yeah. Isn't that the bottom line right now? Well, I mean, there is a bottom line, but they have to perform on the ice too. But let, let me let me why? let me let me talk. To, let me why? ask you. No, you answer why. Hello. Why do they have to put a good team on the ice? Or why is it Lou, their first priority? That's a, Lou, Lou, that's of course, of course, they're in they're they're in the sports business, so they want to earn a bottom line, but. The more successful the franchise is, the more money they will make. So they may be making a lot of money now, but they'd make a hell of a lot more money if they were running two, three, four playoff series between the, the cost of the tickets and, and all the merchandise. So, if, you know, your, your point that they are making money now, of course, yeah, that's, that's a great point. They'd make a hell of a lot more money if they were successful because – you know what? A sports franchise is in business to make money. It's in business to win as well. Let's let's start at the top. Uh, Tim Lewicki was, uh, I think he gave a year's notice. When is that year up? I think maybe March, June. April. Oh, oh, was no, it June? The end, end, June. Of Ju- end, end of June. End of June. Okay, let's, let's discuss this for a sec, Louis. We, they don't have anybody at the top. Tim Lewicki is there, but he's working, but he's not there because he's leaving in June. How does that affect... The hockey club, do you think? Well, I don't think right now there's any major decisions that uh, Tim Lewicki has to make. I think he's more or less handed down the reins to, to Brendan Shanahan and, and Dave Nonis. Uh, Brendan Shanahan right now is running the whole hockey department, so it's really his call. Any moves that are made have to go through him. Um, so it's more or less, I think Brendan is a very patient man. He's uh, he's studying everything. Uh, he came up through the Detroit system where with Kenny Holland and uh, Mike Illich were very patient on all the decisions that they made, uh, and more or less. But I he think came the, up as a player, though, not as a as an executive. Yeah, you're right. But he also moved into the National Hockey League office. That's true. Because he was a quality hockey player. Anytime there was a rules change, they went to Brendan Shanahan. He was hired with no experience at all as a so-called dis- disciplinarian, uh, and now he's moved into another situation and a position where uh, he's running a whole hockey organization. So. Uh, what they're doing uh, over there right now, they're going to be patient. They're going to they're going to look at everything. That you're not going to make changes in over a month. They're going to take a look at four or five months down the road, like they have right now. They made the first change by getting rid of Randy Carlisle. Uh, the next decision is going to make, uh, since the team is on a downhill slide right now, is they're going to look at uh, take a closer look at their player personnel, and, and sooner or later, I think they're going to have to look at their scouting staff. Uh, it's one situation where if you looked at the the last 15 years of where the players have come and look at the roster that they have, uh, there's no top-end talent from their draft picks on this hockey club. Now, you look at... Uh, we, let's, let's look at that for a second. We Rebuild is the, is the name of the game, obviously. That's what you're saying, is we're going to be rebuilding this team. Let's look at uh, where they've missed out. I think they missed out at the salary cap. They didn't understand that you had to build through the draft because before they were signing free agents left, right, and center when there was no cap. Now they have to build through the draft. Pittsburgh Penguins, let's bring them as an example. 
2004, they ended up drafting... Sidney Crosby. No, it was Melkin. Malcolm was the first one? Yeah. Okay. Ovechkin was first, and Malcolm was the second pick. Yeah. So they drafted Malkin, and then in that crazy draw, they got Sidney Crosby, mm-hmm. and in 2006, Jordan Stahl. And, and they, picked, forget, they Mark, picked second that year. Don't, don't forget Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah, but don't... Fleury, yeah. You know, three. Okay, but they picked second. They picked Jordan Stahl. You know who the third pick was? Jonathan Taves. Jonathan Taves. They could have had Malkin... Crosby and Taze. Could you imagine? What does that tell you? You have to rebuild through the draft. But they weren't smart enough to do that. Now, now. Well, the, no, no, Nas, well, Nas, you, Nas, you can't Nas, say that, Ness, because when a team ends but, up in the bottom six for the amount of years as, as Pittsburgh has, I remember I played in an era where uh, Pittsburgh and New Jersey brought up their rear end for, I'd say, probably six or seven years. And you look at the draft picks that Pittsburgh's made Malkin, Crosby, Fleury. Uh, the defenseman that went uh, free agent that I can't remember, uh, Brooks Orpik. Orpik. Those are those are five guys right there that were drafted in the top five, six picks. Now you look back in the middle eighties. Obviously, they they struck gold with uh, with Mary Lemieux, but they had four or five other draft picks that went in the top five picks that never succeeded the draft picks that they had in the two, early two thousands. So it's it's more or less, yeah, it's great to to build a team, but now Chicago ends up with. Kane and Jonathan Taze, they draft Brent Seabrook at number seven. They draft Duncan Thanks. Keith in the second round. They draft Buffalo in another year, fifth or sixth round. Chris Versteeg. These are all guys that, that, went, that went later. So what am I saying here is, is more or less, obviously their, their scouting staff, and they had the Chicago had probably one of the better scouting staffs back then because I think Rick Dudley right now is the top man in all of hockey who doesn't have a National Hockey League managerial job. He'll he'll go to anywhere to find talent. We don't have that here. Naz, if I can just interrupt for just a second, I think you know I, I tend to agree with Lou on, on the one point that the Toronto situation is different than the Pittsburgh situation because Toronto never finished. You know, between two thousand and two thousand and fourteen, we were always in Never Never Land. Uh, oh, they were. They we finished. Never... They finished second last one year, and they uh, ended up trading. Uh, yeah, but they trade. Yeah, but they traded that draft choice. Yeah, but they traded for they they traded for they goalies traded like Raycroft and Toscolo and gave up their first round pick. Yeah. One of them was Logan Couture. They have to build from the draft. I understand the scouting. Uh, oh, I, I I don't disagree that they have to build from the draft, but I don't think Pittsburgh's the model for Toronto because we never finished. We're ne- we're never there to pick first, second, or third. Well, it I think happens. they'll be, I think they will be there this year. That's for sure. The way they're going, they're well, sinking pretty pretty quickly. Wally, Wally, I've got to argue with you hockey fans, and you know how much I dislike talking hockey. Let's go back to 2004. I believe that was the first lockout. You hockey fans have to remember that the rules of the NHL, the game that they play, are rules that they established, and you fans let them. It was 2004, I believe, in which they were talking salary cap, and the Toronto Maple Leaf organization went along with all the other NHL teams when they should have said, we're the New York Yankees of hockey. We're the Real Madrid of hockey. We're the Juventus of hockey. You're going to try and say we should spend as much money as Tampa Bay Lightning? Forget this salary cap. You and I know what the powerful teams in baseball are going to be this year because they're going to be the ones that go out and spend the money. 
the moment you have this salary cap parity, of course, the Leafs are always going to be at a disadvantage, and they're always going to be counting their millions. No, I, I, I tend to agree with you on, on that one point, Mark. That Only one? Uh, Only one? <laughs> Well, I, I want I want to say that I, I I was I was thrilled to death that you acknowledged that I was right earlier on the show. That's a, that's a, major, that's a major concession on your part. But uh, the point about the salary cap, obviously, the Leafs were competitive in the late '90s and early 2000s because they could outspend other teams. But the economics of the NHL in 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 by the time 2004 came around is. That, you know they were going to lose. They were going to lose about seven or eight franchises unless they, unless they got what Gary Bettman called cost certainty. It would have made it a better league, Walter. I agree. Uh, if they goes down to twenty four teams, you would not believe the talent of this hockey league. If they, because all the players that uh, they shouldn't be there right now, and they're better pretty well just picking up a paycheck. Uh, this league would be unbelievable if it went down to twenty four teams. Well. The, I, I don't disagree with you, Lou. The uh, the competitive uh, nature. I mean, the games would be better. The talent would be better. Um, you know, but you know, from a business point of view, they were not gonna they were not gonna go from thirty teams to twenty four teams. They just they weren't going to lose six franchises. There's too much money at stake. So they had to come up with a different business model, and that's the business model they came up with. And unfortunately, you know, the Leafs were probably losers. From a competitive point of view, when they transitioned to this to this business model, because in the old days they just out they just spent their way out of mistakes. You can't do that now. Let's get back. You know, they let's get back to Tim Lewicki, Wally, and uh, Mark. And yeah. Mark, I need Mark to answer this too, because I think Lewicki has been the spokesperson still for that organization. I saw his quotes in the paper this week about TFC two and. It sounds like he's still running the show. What's going on with there, that? There are rumors that Mr. Lewicki actually isn't leaving, that he's um, that he said that he's heading to the door, but there might be some um, movement behind the scenes in which um, he'll be asked to stay on. Uh, the, reports, the reports that I read in the papers, and we have no inside information on this, Mark, is that he has been asked to stay on, and he said that he's not staying on. Uh, that he's committed to leaving at the end of June. So I, I would doubt that he's going to stay on. But do you credit, Mark, you're, you're more inside on the soccer end of it than, than the rest of us. Is, is Lewicki responsible for these, uh, for these latest uh, uh, Jovinko and Altador signings? Is, do we give him credit for that? 100% yes. He actually spent time in England visiting with teams to try and get Jermaine Defoe back to England. So... Um, Tim Bezbachenko is in, in, in name the general manager of Toronto FC, but it's Tim Lewicki that's making these decisions, that's, that's enticing people with the big contracts. And uh, um, uh, I think Tim Lewicki has decided that he's going to stay until Naz and Wally agree with his statement that 10 years from now the Raptors will be a bigger team than the Leafs. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> Mark, you're being provocative again. You're being provocative, and I've got I've got three minutes left here. I got to head to the hills, and I do want to ask Lou uh, take the benefit of of his expertise. Uh, the Leafs are obviously in a terrible slump, Lou. We're one in nine, zero uh, and six, um, three but, and fourteen uh, since nineteen ninety. I remember yeah, that team, Lou. Too. So do I. Okay. <laughs> so. Uh, Lou, what, what, what happened here? Why did the wheels fall off? And 
Are the Leafs done for the season? I think the Leafs are done for the season. Uh, they've more or less they've they've got to take a look at all the personnel that they have right now, whether it's here or whether it's down on the Marlies. Uh, what happened? I think the the players or some of the players stopped playing for uh, Randy Carlisle. They took it upon their, themselves to get get him out of there. And right now, with uh, with the system that Peter Horacek is, is trying to install, uh, where it's more defensive, uh, a lot of the players are getting adjusted to it and. Once you start taking uh, one part of your game away and, and adding it to another, it's going to take a little bit of time to uh, to adjust. And I don't think they have the right personnel. They don't have the right, uh, the right work ethic uh, to play into uh, Peter's system right now. So it's going to be about three or four months of evaluating. And uh, by the end of the year or by the draft, you're going to see probably half a dozen to ten changes uh, on this hockey club. Whether it's going to be for the good or the bad, we don't know just yet because, you know, as they say, the more you change, the more you stay the same. That's all it's been, they've been talking about for the last three or four years. And regarding your uh, your statement about trying to buy the other, buy the best players, yeah, the Toronto Maple Leafs have tried to buy. The problem is that they brought in the wrong players at at too uh, too high a price, and that's why they've been caught against the salary cap. You look at teams that are. Uh, at the lower end, that are doing just a, as good as the Leafs, or if not better, uh, they've just thrown a lot of their profits uh, to certain players that they thought that they uh, might turn this franchise around, and uh, it's biting them in the butt right now. Wally, I have a question Ooh, want... for you because you're you're yeah. uh, in your uh, in your full time job. Uh, you're, yes, you have the expertise in this area. The tr- MLSC is split between Rogers, Bell. Bell. And Tannenbaum, I do believe. Yes, that's now, correct. Now, both uh, Rogers and Bell, maybe off a percentage or two, but they're, I think they're at 40%. I'm not exactly sure the percentages, but the two of them are basically at a stalemate. And then doesn't Tannenbaum have the, uh, the vote uh, to carry whatever has to go through? Well, I- yeah, I mean, it, to, be, to be quite frank with you, I'm not, I'm not totally familiar with the internal... The internal legal mechanics of, of MLSC, um, they probably are subject, you know, when, when Bell and Rogers got together, I'm sure they probably put together some sort of complicated uh, shareholders agreement or or, uh, or a voting trust agreement that, that deals in a contractual basis with, with how, how the team is to be uh, managed and how decisions are made. Uh, that document is not a public document. MLSC is not a public company. It's not traded on a stock exchange, so therefore, it's not accountable to public disclosing its its internal mechanics. So, how they internally operate, uh, I don't think anybody knows, other than people at Rogers, people at Bell, and and, and Larry Tannenbaum. In most normal companies, uh, you know, a majority rule. So, if Bell lines up Larry Tannenbaum on their side, then they make decisions or. Rogers lines up Larry Tannenbaum on their side. They make decisions. But, I, you know, you're talking about two of the most complex organizations in the country uh, with the benefit of the best law firms in the country. So I, my guess is whatever agreement they have with the, between them is very, very complex, very, very sophisticated, and very, very nuanced. So what it, what it might say in that agreement is, is, is merely the subject of speculation. What I find interesting about... Uh, uh, what ML, the whole uh, the, the whole mechanics of MLSE after after Rogers through Sportsnet bought the 
the entire NHL rights is I would have thought at some point in time Bell would have devised some sort of exit strategy from MLSC. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't contribute. You know, the sports business may be considered a big business, but compared to Bell's other businesses, it ain't a big business. So what their long-term strategic uh, uh, goal is with MLSC, talking about Bell here, because we know what Rogers' long-term strategic uh, goal is. I don't know what Bell's is, at, at the because they're frozen out of uh, NHL rights for 12 years. So um, how answer, short answer to your question, Naz, I, I don't know whether Larry Tannenbaum has what they call a casting vote or not. Um, they have a sophisticated, complex agreement of some kind that only they are aware of the internal provisions of it. Wally, it sounds complex. Sounds like the Maple Leaf uh, complex. Sounds like the Maple Leaf uh, organization right now. Yeah, the the, the one criticism I've had, and I'm, I'm going to leave it at this because uh, got some skiing to do today. Uh, the boys are waiting for me out in the van, and they've been kind. The one thing I'm going to, and I actually put in a call to Dale Lastman, who's. Uh, who's on the board of directors of MLSC, and uh, um, I haven't been able to talk to him, but he's been very gracious to me, returns my calls, and uh, has offered to meet me, but I just haven't had the time. Um, he's, and he is a very gracious man. I don't want to be critical of him. Um, the one issue I have with the MLSC board is you've got some of the best business minds in the country on that board. The top people at Rogers, the top people at Bell, these are the, and you know, they get the best law firms, there, there's some really bright people on that board, and some, and probably the top business people in the country are on that board. What they seem to be lacking on that board is some is some real uh, sports knowledge. I'm not, you know, they would be nice if they had a Ken Dryden on the board, somebody, you know, you know, a prominent businessman that has a hockey background of some kind or a basketball background or what we call outside directors. Uh, that may or may not. I'm not going to tell Bell and Rogers how to run their businesses. Believe me, they're more than capable of doing it without my advice. But uh, you know, I would I would think it might be a good idea to have what some outside directors on that board, and I'll leave it at that. Thanks, Wally. Head down the slopes. And have a good and have a good guys. time. Have a have a great week, and uh, we'll be looking forward to Super Bowl Sunday next week. It should be a great show. Yeah, Thanks. we have Eddie Andelman and John Murphy on for Super Bowl Sunday, so it should be terrific. Thanks, Wally. Mark, let's go to the uh, the organization. We've gone to the Leafs, and we've kind of uh, touched on TFC a bit. Uh, the Raptors seem to be, of all the franchises, the best run. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. When uh, when Wally was talking about a, a sports person, um, uh, the the there's no question that the Raptors are being run properly, being run with. A long-term vision. Um, they they're in the playoffs for sure because they're at least ten games ahead of Brooklyn. And they, you win that division, you're in the playoffs. They've had a bit of a lull in January, but they still have enough games left in January. They could end up above 500 for for January. And they've got young, talented stars, young, talented fans. I'd be I'd be will. Wondering what the TV ratings are doing because that was the weakness for the Raptors compared to the other uh, other um, franchises is that um, compare them to hockey, their their TV ratings had room to grow. But I think everything the Raptors are doing are, is is paying off. 
Yeah, they they seem to be the best run of the group. And TFC is TFC. How many years have they been in existence? Nine, eight, or nine? I think? We're, we'll be going into the ninth season. And they haven't made the playoffs either. Mark, when did this start about the Raptors being the best run organization? When they decided to say goodbye to Brian Colangelo. But Brian, was it wasn't that supposed to be? Brian Colangelo's era too that he was supposed to be the guy that's going to turn this whole franchise around and he he made some good draft picks and and made some good decisions um I think where the Raptors are strong is the the growth of talent in this part of the world in the last NBA draft I, I think there were four Toronto area young men who were drafted by the NBA and the Raptors have their eyes on those guys down the road, saying, money talks, but coming home to play for the hometown team could be their long-term vision. And guys like Wiggins, uh, Tyler Ennis, who plays in Phoenix, Nick Stausis, who plays in Sacramento, not only are they making the good decisions, but they've got a long-term vision for bringing people back. That's the way it's always been, but it's always been a long-term vision. I understand that you get Wiggins and, and uh, uh, Bennett, and you got the other kid there, Tristan Thompson, Tristan and you got Thompson, uh, yeah. Tyler Ennis, all these guys. What, what would make you think that they're going to come back and play with Toronto? Here's the difference. I, 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 I think that too, and I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what the difference is. In hockey, for a guy that's from the, from the city here to come back, the pressure is very high. Basketball, I don't see, and you may be right in 10 years, Basketball may be the bigger sport. I don't see the pressures of the Torontonian coming back to play in the Raptors. I, I, I dis- do in hockey. I disagree. I, I think you guys are, 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 are used to a different mindset. Uh, Jack Armstrong on, on the Raptors broadcast was talking to Tristan Thompson, who plays for Cleveland. And, of course, Cleveland didn't make the NBA playoffs last year. And Tristan Thompson is talking to Jack Armstrong about the Raptors in the playoffs last year. And Jack Armstrong says, what, what a minute, I didn't see you, Tristan. I didn't see you in, in the stands cheering on the Raptors. And Tristan Thompson says, no, I was out in Jurassic Park cheering along with all the people out on the street. That's... That's the attitude of the young basketball players. That's going to be the draw. They're, they're part of something. In fact, last year, before Andrew Wiggins was drafted, number one, he, his college season was over. He was in Toronto. He got courtside seats. He had to be talked out of sitting courtside in Toronto wearing a Raptors jersey. Someone said, oh, wait, wait, no, this is going to look like tampering. You've, you haven't been drafted yet. You can't do this. He says, no, Toronto's my team. I want to be here cheering for my team in my shirt. And he had to be talked out of it. There's some passion amongst the Toronto basketball players to play for the Raptors. Okay, An- another point here. You're thinking that the Toronto players are going to come back in Toronto. How about all the American players that are going to leave here because, and here's the problem, and everybody brings it up, the customs and immigration here for American players, it's a pain in the rear end. They don't want to go. They get in at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. They just want to walk through everything and go home. That is one of the biggest problems that the Canadian franchise have ever had. I'm getting good quality American players come up here as free agents. In a couple of weeks, Kyle Lowry will be a starter at the NBA All-Star Game. Prime Minister Stephen Harper voted by tweet, tweet for Kyle. Premier Wynn voted for Kyle. John, John Tory, the mayor, voted for Kyle. Kyle, when he finds out 
that he's going to be a starter in the NBA All-Star Game, goes on to Instagram to do a video saying, thank you, Canada, for voting for me in, into the All-Star Game. There is a relationship between these players in this country now. It's not, oh, I got to stand there and, and, and show my passport, grumble, grumble. That was true 10 years ago. I it think still those is. Days, I think it, those no, days it, it's are not. Over. It's not. It, and I'll bet you DeMar DeRozan will be one of the first ones to leave. When his contract, his next contract right now, he's going to go back to L.A. or he's going to go somewhere else in the U.S. I'll be betting. Let's bet a beverage. <laughs> you can bet anything you want. I hear you and uh, Wally make a few bets. <laughs> I, I think the Raptors are in pretty good in a pretty good situation. And we've interviewed uh, Leo Routens and Matt Devlin, and we've had uh, Nav from... Uh, the super the, fan. The super fan on, and he is uh, he's a, an ambassador for the Canadian players, and he talks to them all the time. I really honestly do believe that the Raptors are going to be very competitive for a long time. I'm not saying they're I not really going to be do. competitive. But I, I, if I compare the two organizations between the Leafs and the Raptors, it's night and day. You see, you see the Raptor general manager. He's got everything under control. Shannon still doesn't have it under control, but I think... Shannon has a more difficult job because you have, you know, you're fielding 20 players in a, in a, in a, on a team where basketball, what is it, 10, 11 on the bet? 15. 15. you got 15 total. on the roster. And if five guys are on, but the, uh, hockey, you're changing all the time. So you know, there are 40-second shifts. So it's a different sport. But I, the Raptors are better run. Well, Dave Nonis is a general manager. Okay, so he's got to look up to somebody. Jerry... T- uh, He's the main guy with the Raptors right now. Yeah. So nobody looks up to him. He's the one that makes every single decision. So there, there, there might be a difference right now. But I think the judge is going, the jury is still going to be out with the Raptors and see how long it's going to take this and how stable they're going to be. They had a great start. They've run into a little bit of a bumpy road lately with uh, DeRozan being out and Lowry trying to carry the load mm-hmm. uh, all by himself. And maybe they still haven't got the right mixture and some of the players are still trying to find their role. And F- February 19th is the trading deadline. I, it'll be very interesting to see if the Raptors make are they gonna a, move key, Ross? a key move. Move who? Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross. No, I think they're going to stick with him. Even though he's it's so tempting. I mean, it's he's so t- 21 years old, yeah, and guys. His, I mean, 21 years old. but he's so if talented. Gonna, and any other general manager is going to say, oh, you're selling this guy at his lowest value and it's going to offer peanuts. Whereas yeah. you wait a year or two, if he, if he comes around, if he doesn't come around, you haven't lost anything. If and nuts were candy and butts, it'd be Merry Christmas, my friend. I've heard that line so many times. <laughs> if this guy's going to turn on. If David Clarkson had scored 30 goals last year or this year, where would this hockey team be? Terrence Ross last year in a game against Memphis scored 51 points. He's got some tantalizing talent. He could turn it on. But before we, before we go, I, I, we haven't really talked about my vision of Toronto FC. I've got to give a, a plug for you the blog. You have 10, sec- ten a seconds. A plug go. for the blog. If you Google Mistake by the Lake, you'll see my concerns about Toronto FC coming together and Jovinko coming way too late in the season. And uh, read my blog, please. Thanks for another... A rambunctious week on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Thanks to Wally down in Vermont, Mayor Maurizio Bevilacqua, Mark Kennedy, Lou Franceschetti, and myself. Next week, we will have Eddie Andelman from Boston to discuss the New England Patriots and the Super Bowl. And John Murphy, the play-by-play voice of the Buffalo Bills, will be on 
next Sunday also. So tune in next Sunday, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Have a good week, folks. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.